Bush and Richie here with your Hometime Show podcast, both sat in bedrooms, which, but is your bedroom that you're doing yours in got the sun cracking the flags through the window as well as we start on a week that's going to be a heat wave? Have you got that going on? Uh, I don't have I don't have the sun directly coming into this particular bedroom, but what I do have is this bedroom is kind of like annexed to the house. So as a result, there's no loft above it. So what is right above this bedroom is just tile and atmosphere. So yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it, atmosphere in the Russ Abbott sense of the word. Well, <laughs> as as in there's no loft. So like if if I whacked my head through the ceiling in a cartoon, Hanna-Barbera style, the next thing would be roof tile and the sky. Wow, so you could literally put a chair through the ceiling and get onto the roof like in like a combat movie or something like that. Yeah, I'm not going to try it, but yes, I could. Well, you might have to because this week it's going to be roasting. I'm really scared. I, I, honestly, when it gets hot in this room that I'm, I'm doing the show in, I feel like I'm, I'm broadcasting in a really hot bath. <laughs> so uh, this is not going to be fun this week. Anyone else doing a job or got a home office working scenario where you're going to be sweating cobs by the end of the week, let us know. Let's have some sympathy here. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Hope you had a good weekend. I am in pain today. Uh, in fact, when I woke up yesterday morning, I was worried about whether I would be fit to broadcast today, Bush. But I'm soldiering on, and, uh, and I know I have your respect for that fact. <laughs> hero, you're a hero. Thank you very much. Uh, let me tell you what's happened. Um, Saturday night, uh, my wife was doing pizzas. Uh, she is half Italian uh, and she makes them from scratch, does the dough Do you, herself. You're, you're well looked after you. Are you getting cookies during the tail end of the show on Friday? Now you, you, your missus is making you pizzas over the week. You looked after pretty damn well, Richie. You are. I'm a lucky boy. I'm a lucky, you're a lucky boy. boy. You're a lucky boy. Thing about these uh, thing about these pizzas are when they're made at home, um, she seems to make them in the oven of Vulcan uh, because <laughs> they are so hot, and that is the problem, all right? Because I I'm guessing, and I, I, you know, if you're a restaurateur, you might be able to uh, correct me here, but I'm wondering when you are served a pizza in a restaurant or it comes from a takeaway, it's had the chance to cool down a little bit. But when it is made in the kitchen in front of you and you are like some excitable dog waiting to eat, there yep. is no pause between it coming out of the kitchen. Excuse the pun. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> between it coming out of the kitchen and going down your gullet. And that is the problem that I had because I ate that thing far too quickly on Saturday night. And I have taken a whole layer of skin off the roof of my mouth. Ooh. Boy, the pain was so bad. And when I woke up on Sunday morning, it was there and immediate. And I was thinking, this is going to be a struggle. And this morning when I woke again, I could still feel it and right now talking to you this evening i'm soldiering on but man i'm in pain do you know what I, this is heroic that you you've still come through you're still doing the home time show tonight i almost feel like we, uh, this is last minute everyone but maybe we should stand on our steps and do uh, a clap for richie at about <laughs> 7 38 o'clock tonight <laughs> he's come he's come through for us but I think there's something about the weekend. I think because you're generally away from your, 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 your working responsibilities, your judgment is slightly off. Your alertness is slightly off. And that's why I think injuries happen more at the weekend.
weekend. I've suffered a stereotypical weekend injury. I think if I was eating a pizza during the week, I don't think I've hurt my mouth. Okay, so you think the knockabout fun, tracky bottom uh, vibe of the weekend means that you're yes. slightly off, off your game, off, yes. not on your guard when having that first mouthful. That's exactly what I think. And I want to hear from people right now if they are suffering today a weekend injury, if it's still affecting you, something that has happened over the weekend, want to hear about your weekend injuries, and I reckon they're going to come through through proverbial floodgates. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Saying hello to Mons in Stevenage, who's texted to say, Guys, as you came on air at four o'clock, my little van hit 80,000 miles. It's sad, I know, but these things excite me. Mons, we are Aww. delighted that you have shared this landmark moment with us. Uh, have a lovely rest of your working day. Is he not going to your... do anything? Is he not going to do anything special for the car? Surely when your car hits a, a, a big old landmark like that, 80,000, you've got to do something. You know, buy, buy a chamois leather or get it one of those little um uh, you know the air fresheners which have got traffic like frontage on them that you have on the rear view mirror something at least treat the car surely maybe he's going into the stevenage retail park and is chucking some donuts as we speak i don't know mons is going to have to uh, uh, get back to us on that please clarify if, if when your car hits a mileage milestone please tell us you do something nice for it <laughs> uh, we want to hear from you this afternoon about your weekend injuries that you've suffered i've taken a whole layer off the roof of my mouth uh, from my wife's scolding pizza uh, that she made on saturday evening weekend injuries please 8 12 15 daryl smashed his knee on the coffee table jumping up after Watford scored in the 93rd minute he says he was worth it though uh, I watched the Everton Liverpool derby match last night and I stay seated for the entire game that kind of sums up <laughs> what it was like although we should have won don't want to get started on that should have won it could have won it had a bit of self-belief we would have done uh, Tricky says I cut my big toenail too close causing it to bleed it then got infected so I'm having to use drawing ointment to get the infection out. And Jim Gerling has also posted a photo of his toe saying I stubbed my toe on a patio slab. I don't want to lay down rules too early on in the show, but I'd be more than happy just after those two, uh, Jim and Tricky, I'd be happy not to see any more toe photos for the rest of the show. What about What about that? I'll be with you on that one. And then Chris has suffered my nightmare kitchen injury. Potato peeler has taken the top of my finger off. I, I, oh, I, my I, God. I, I shiver going near potato peelers and the old cheese graters. They, they are my nightmare kitchen implements. So I used an apple corer the other day to prepare an apple for our two-year-old. What are you supposed to do with the apple when it's wedged into the tube bit of the corer? Is there a safe way of getting that damn thing out? Because that is up there with those particular medieval torture items you've just been describing for injuries. <laughs> Zane says, I set up the Wii, decided it'd be something to do, haven't had it out for years. Now my shoulder does not work after too much baseball. <laughs> you see, there you are. It's that recreation that comes on a weekend. That's a weekend injury. And just going back to your mouth thing, Richie, you do get the delayed niceness, though, of, you know, you get that bit where it slightly heals over and then you can use your tongue to pull that little sheath of skin off the roof of your mouth and eat it when you're watching telly. <laughs> yeah, it's gross, lovely. but I love that. I really like that bit. Uh, for me, my weekend injury was last night when, you know, that bit when you finally put the kids to bed and you're going around tidying stuff up. Uh, our youngest daughter, Thea, has a mobile pirate ship. I don't know if anyone yeah. else has got one of these things. It's quite big. Uh, it's on the floor, obviously. Everything in our house is on the floor. But the worst bit about it is there's a, it's got an anchor, like a no. pirate ship anchor. It's unbelievable, honestly, proper 
full on anchor and I stood on that on the way into the kitchen and I'm ashamed to say my language was absolutely blue. Uh, I don't need to be persuaded that the, the authenticity of that story whatsoever. I know you. <laughs> it was, I, I can only imagine what it was like. Do you know what? It was so bad that um, I made like a load of birds fly out of the trees that are in our back garden. <laughs> that's the level of how bad it was. Got a kind of interesting herbal cure that's just come in on our text messages here. Jean says, hey, Richie, eat some licorice. It will ease the soreness. Is that a thing? Not a massive fan of licorice, so you've got that decision of eating something that you don't like uh, just to uh, get that feeling back. It's a tricky one. But I do like the idea that, that maybe licorice could cure mouth burns from uh, overzealousness during the pizza eating scenario. That could be a thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, keep them coming. Um, this text here from Steve in Bournemouth uh, showed my daughter a clever spin move to help her get her scooter facing the right way before she sets off. Uh, she's going to stick to her way after watching me break my ankle. It's our first hospital visit. Oh, do you know what, right? I saw a dad come off his kid's scooter a couple of weeks ago, and oh, I shouldn't laugh, but just don't go anywhere near him, parents, because you're asking for it. Everyone else looking at you wants you to come off it. Because you get this thing where you, like, I don't know if anyone else has got this situation. Our little one's got a scooter, and I spend most of the time walking around with it over my shoulder because she can't be bothered to go on it. So just don't have a go on it. There's the kind of key. Uh, Ian in Leeds says, Chaps, I went out running last Saturday in the baking heat, tripped over whilst in full flow and grazed my knee and both elbows. This is the first time I've tripped over in nine years of outdoor running. Sounds to me, Ian, like you're coming up with a little cover story for having burns on both elbows and both knees, sunshine. <laughs> Sketchy character. Uh, from a sore office chair in Farnborough, this text says cycled the entire length of the South Downs Way. That's 100 miles in 10 hours. It's left me with carpal tunnel syndrome and a damaged perineum. No wonder you're sore in the chair. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Mons and Stevenage on earlier on saying his car has just hit 80,000 miles. Doesn't appear to be celebrating it. Anyone else do a kind of milestone party for their car when they hit a certain amount of mileage just to deal with this first? This one here says that whenever his car hits a milestone, he throws it a little party, takes it out for dinner, normally a drive through even McDonald's <laughs> or KFC. I love that. I think he's getting the treat rather than the car, isn't he? Uh, Derek in Sterling says, every 10,000 miles I do sing happy birthday to my car, although it may be some time before I'm next singing to her. I guess, oh. yes. The mileages are down somewhat at the moment, Derek. Uh, we've been wanting to hear about your weekend injuries after I took skin off my mouth uh, in, in the hottest pizza I've ever eaten, done by my wife on Saturday night. Uh, this story here says, lads, I'm an electrician in Brighton's spent the weekend doing Ring of Rosie with my daughter. She's a very heavy two-year-old. When I have to pick her up in the air and we all jump with the one, two, three part. I have seriously done my back in today. Oh. Work is not fun, but I'm soldiering on. Uh, Leanne says, Bush and Richie, I tweaked my sciatic nerve trying to get my welly boot out of thick mud this weekend. So I, I had sciatica for a bit. It's the worst thing ever. Uh, she says, I wish it had been filmed as it would have been a defo 250 quid on You've Been Framed. <laughs> 
<laughs> and another cheese grater report here from Sarah in Macclesfield. Ban cheese graters, I say. Took a huge chunk out of my knuckle with the cheese grater for the second time since lockdown began. It's the same knuckle as well. The other sadness Ow. is I obviously had to throw all the cheese away that I'd grated. Bad times all round. Do you know what we do in our house? Because I hate the whole cheese grater thing. It makes me feel a bit sick. Is uh, We don't use that. I use the little Parmesan hand grater on the top. It cuts finer cheese and you rule out the risk of any injury. Uh, and this is this one here is probably the weirdest scenario we've had into the show so far tonight. Dean in Abbotston says, Wife Kyla fell off my desk trying to remove a stuffed boar's head from the wall. She now has a huge bruise on her backside and another on her left foot. There you go. That's going to be hard to beat. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. So here's a headline to grab your attention on this mundane Monday afternoon. A ring of large shafts discovered near Stonehenge form the largest prehistoric monument ever discovered in Britain, archaeologists believe. That's right, folks. Today, big old discovery. Uh, they think it could be the key to uncovering the secrets of Stonehenge. And you know what? I've, what I've always wondered. Uh, it, it resonates particularly in my life because uh, it's just on the way on the A three hundred three down towards uh, Devon. My mum and dad live in Exmouth, so we're always going past Stonehenge. You always tell the kids uh, when they get into that point when they're really bored in the car. Look, you can see Stonehenge if you look to your right and on the left on the way back. That kind of thing. And it's kind of a landmark that's always there, but no one's ever known what the hell it is. Okay, so we're going to find out, hopefully, what the hell Stonehenge is. Here's the thing, right? What if they dig up all this other stuff and and dig and dig and dig and finally work out what it is, and it's really disappointing? (laughs) I don't think that's too much of a stretch of a what if. Personally, a bit of heresy, I find it quite underwhelming anyway, so I wouldn't mind betting that the reason behind it's underwhelming. I know it's been around for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and no one's ever worked out what the hell Stonehenge actually does. So I imagine when people thinking about it are imagining, you know, something kind of uh, something to do with the stars or the druids. There's loads of myths surrounding it. Maybe they dragged it from a different continent. It's got a load of magical stuff surrounding it, Stonehenge. But what if... They actually find out because of this discovery, and it turns out to be something dead disappointing. For example, listener Duncan says, what if it's a a horse girth measuring device? (laughs) If your steed was too fat to fit between the columns, it had to go on a diet. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine it was someone just running the mill of that, or it was just like a really, really bogger basic gazebo from back in the Druid eras. And they wouldn't even have thought in a million years it'd still be knocking around by now. So I want everyone, as a little bit of homework on this Monday afternoon, particularly if you're having a slow second part of the day from working from home or whatever, try and think of what would be the most disappointing thing for Stonehenge to turn out to be. Could it be the world's first roundabout? Well, could be, couldn't it? Like merging, do you think they would have like filtered in, merged from the same angles as we do today, or what? What would the druids have been like during the whole driving thing? I think I think every single one of those archways is a different road off to a different part of the ancient United Kingdom. I like it, like an Arc de Triomphe, something like that, Spaghetti Junction. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Some other mundane stuff coming here. Having a laugh says, "Is it a rock storage centre? Imagine that. That'd be dead boring. Just a place for people to leave their rocks." Uh, Ronnie says uh, a a giant druid climbing frame and Dave says uh, a really old and he's echoing your point here Richie going down the road route a really old 
A303 service station due for completion in 2564 AD. <laughs> Steph in Slough is suggesting it may well have been a hand cart wash. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's very great. clever. <laughs> I like to, do you reckon you pull the, the um, you pull up in your cart, then you, <laughs> then you, you sit in it for the first bit, feel bad as if you've got servants, and then you step out when they go inside and do all the hoovering and stuff. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. That'll be what it is. Uh, Sally Bishop suggests maybe it's an ancient outdoor smoking area. Good idea, Sally. <laughs> Dan Knox says uh, they found the footings for a rudimentary garden bar made out of some old pallets from the stone merchants. Interesting. Underground toilets for medieval stone people uh, is a yes. suggestion here. Uh, and then uh, this claim <laughs> says Stonehenge is known to be a Stone Age washing line. Obviously, the strings have long since decayed, leaving just the poles. That's why it's so open and shaped and aligned with the wind in mind. I love this. These these are fantastic, and they've got a scientific basis as well. Mike says uh, it's just a prehistoric rockery that got abandoned <laughs> because the water feature wouldn't work. Someone says here, a sales room for cave doors. Could well Imagine be. That. You know, yeah. Go around like the forecourt, have a look, see you know the latest model in the Winchester two thousand. Just the frames left. I love it. Uh, yes. Phil in Birmingham says it was a life-sized game of hungry hippos. Interesting point, that, Phil, although I never realised that the uh, the hippos were uh, residents to the United Kingdom, even in those early days. Oh, you never know. Back in them Druid times, anything goes. Uh, a lot of people suggesting climbing frame, which because when you think of Druids, right, you think dead serious you know, with their kind of big cloaks on and all doing lots of praying and staring into the distance. But I like the idea that maybe they did down tools or clubs for yeah. five minutes and go on the kind of Neolithic equivalent of go ape for half an hour. <laughs> go on, you look, go on, go and have half an hour. Uh, and they're all running over into the distance, wind bellowing. And then Pritchard <laughs> Media says, um, it could be a long game practical joke. Imagine that. Imagine oh, wow. doing a joke a thousand years ago that you think, hold on, just wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> This is going to be brilliant. This is going to come back to comedy grenade. Could be, could be. Could well be. Or John in Dundee could be right. And it's just a druid fly tipping after they couldn't shift the stones at a car boot sale and just pulled into a lay-by off the A303. Oh. Maybe that's what it was. Imagine that, right? Imagine druids turn up, dropping stones, and then a witch, because same era, witch turns up and she's got it on her camera saying, right, get that back in the van, otherwise this is going to the newspapers. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for trying to sort this out. We'll get closer and closer to maybe getting some form of an answer as to what Stonehenge is this week, and you've been a part of it. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. This could be a little bit late, but I do feel I do need to uh, offer a little bit of an apology. I've only just realised it is hot this week. It's only going to get hotter. I've been operating for the first hour and a half of the show with the bedroom window open. So uh, if at Ooh. times you've heard a distant dog bark or uh, or a plane approaching Stansted uh, out of the window, I must apologise. <clears throat> Can I ask you a, qu a plane-based question? Far away. Do you feel that planes are flying lower these days since the <laughs> lockdown? Because they're much louder. I swear they're much louder over our house because it makes our little girl's baby monitor light up. Now, previously, they never used to do that. But I feel yeah. like the planes, a little bit like the birds, have been taking liberties whilst there's not been that many other people around. Do you know what I mean? 
you could be into something obviously it's, it's a well-known fact i love my flight radar app i'm going to get on it right now i might even open the window back up to celebrate uh, because the, the the whole plane search is now it's now part of the show i think pilots are just a bit bored and it's weird times so like, i remember my dad used to see if he could get down tog hill in bath without with his with the car in neutral to see how far he could get <laughs> I think it might be illegal. Don't do it. Don't do this at home. But I think it's the, the pilot equivalent of that. We're not allowed to fly low normally. It's a lockdown. No one's flying. Let's see if we can buzz the flight tower. Uh, we've, we've had something in from Lindsay here. She says, I live in Stevenage, flight path to Luton Airport. And yes, planes do seem to be wow. lower. There's not many flying, but when they do, they're loud and they are low. This is the show of whistleblowing. We, we've drawn people's attention to the fact that the birds are trying to make a land grab whilst humanity's on its knees during the lockdown. And now we found out, and you heard it here first on Home Time, pilots are mucking about by flying lower than they normally should do just because they want to wave at their house or something. Is that what it is? You want to wave at your house or your nan? Ridiculous. Absolute Radio. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Good to have you on board. I'm going to say right now that I did something after dinner last night that some people listening may find disturbing. Uh, let me explain. I had an Indian takeaway. Me and my other half, Katie, had an Indian takeaway. A little treat night, Sunday night, ending Father's Day in a bit of a, a flourish. Uh, but I had bread and butter with it. <laughs> and Katie was absolutely disgusted with me. I had bread and butter on the side. Now, l- let me just, let me explain. My mum and dad are both Scousers. I was born in Ellesmere Port. Uh, so I hail from the north. I've always had bread and butter as a side for most things. But for some reason, the concept of having a, a slice of bread and butter on the side of, of, of a meal puts some people's noses out of joint. They think it's sacrilege. What's your view on this, Richie? If it was an Indian meal in particular, I would always have personally a naan ready to uh to, to mop up residue but you don't have butter on a naan you don't have a butter on a naan do you know what i mean <laughs> no, it's not the no, same but, I, uh, but equally i would order a cheese naan which a lot of people find heresy anyway but i would happily with any other meal i would happily have a slice of bread and butter to mop things up definitely uh, i don't know whether you would have a problem with this but for me if i'm having a lasagna i would have to yeah. have a slice of bread and mu- uh, butter to uh, to mop up the lasagna juice well this is the thing you're not just going to leave it there and then you, no one's eating that last bit and it's it's a complete waste you know what i mean so Bread and butter does fulfil an actual physical, mechanical role of mopping up. I would also say that bread and butter works incredibly well on the side of maybe a roast dinner. A lot of gravy going <laughs> awry there. Mop, mop right. it up with some bread and butter. <laughs> bread and butter with a roast, okay. Yes. I mean, yes. I'd give it a try, but it's the first I've heard of that. So I, I thought, this is, this is a weird one, right? Because there's some people who are disgusted by this, some people who, who embrace it. So, for example, I've been contacted on Twitter today by a load of people who have bread and butter with a pot noodle. Like the two things go hand in hand, which is just pretty, it's making me feel a bit sick now even thinking about it. <laughs> so let's have cards on the table tonight on Home Time. Final hour of the show. Do you have bread and butter with anything unusual 
Uh, Rick um, has has really chucked in a curveball here. I used to throw a chicken and ham pie between two slices of buttered bread. It was wow. absolute heaven. Now, just just think about that for a second. Chicken and ham pie. That's 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 sub- substantial anyway. To to have buttered bread yeah. either side of it is incredible. But but bread and butter with a pie is really nice. So why not why not put that pie between those two breads and bring them both together? Almost like as if you're putting your hands together to pray. <laughs> uh, Wendy says jacket potato bread and butter on the side. It's a carb overload, but I kind of like it. Uh, Samantha always have bread and butter with a beef casserole. I love to soak <laughs> up the remaining gravy. Uh, Trina says super noodles on toast, cheese on top under the grill to to melt it. I've eaten it at least once a week from 2002 onwards. It would have to be toast. I think if it was just bread, then there's not enough to soak up all the liquid that's in a super noodle. I I like it, though, when when bread infuses with the sauce. Maybe it could work. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Elliot says, uh, guys, what are your thoughts on the Wigan kebab? Don't know what it is. Sounds like something from the Viz. Too scared to Google it. Uh, and Ellen says and this is weird man it's on our Facebook page Ellen says my granddad always has bread and butter with trifle eh he has it with trifle it's 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 either genius or heresy I'm not sure Pat in Kent she has an omelette sandwich with brown sauce an omelette sandwich I'm not trying to be difficult here I'm not trying to be difficult but you'd have a fried egg with a sandwich you'd have toast with scrambled egg why would you not have an omelette sandwich I've never done it but I'd like to try it I don't know why it just seems wrong I tell you what if anyone had moaned to you ever again for having bread and butter on the side with something you just turn to them and say this is a grey area it's more complicated than you think Speaking of grey areas, we've stumbled across something within the last 60 minutes on this show. We just innocently commented that it felt like planes were flying lower. Uh, Certainly those of us who live near major international airports, which uh, both Bush and myself do. Uh, We had reports of uh, listeners in Stevenage thinking they're flying lower into Luton at the moment. John in Newcastle says, I live on the flight path to Newcastle Airport. During the lockdown, the RAF have been doing practice takeoff and landings with massive cargo aircraft. And yes, that's most definitely louder. I'm still waiting on the Saudi royal family plane coming in for when the Newcastle United takeover happens. Hey, the, what are the RAF practising for? What, what are they going to, like, airdrop pot noodles to us when all the, the rich and famous disappear, when, this, when the United Kingdom finally goes down the plug hole? Something like World War Z. Don't don't be practicing big planes, RAF. That freaks a life. You know, at the moment, if you see anything military, it freaks you out, doesn't it? More it so does. for some reason. So let's not make anyone think of any movies and just keep your big planes in the hangar. And that's not a euphemism. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Um Right, that's the end of it. That is it. That's the end of the... Sh- what are you still here for? Right? Do you expect any high-quality entertainment at this this bit at the end? You know that this is always disappointing. I appreciate you sticking around till this very last bit, but I don't know, maybe they're waiting for the song. Someone even contacted me the other night to say, you know the guy that sings your um, your little outro, outro theme tune thing? Yeah. Uh, John Brooks says, uh, the guy who sings your hometown show outro, he sounds like the late Ian Curtis from Joy Division. He he has a quality of top-level band, this fella, doesn't he? Do you know what? That, I mean, that, that's that's high praise, because I remember when we when we spoke to, I think it was Alistair, 
or Adrian. It's one of the two. Andrew. Began with an A. Andrew. That's it. That's See, it. I was close. Um, when we spoke to him, he was he was out on furlough, and this was just something he was dabbling with. So to get that as high praise, he'll take that. He's a barman, this fella. Have a listen to this. 